My name is Brian, and today is Tuesday, October 24th, 2023, and this is episode 552 of the Lots Project Podcast, where we're defining norms and designing freedom. Today's episode is titled Another Look at Coffee Terms and is brought to you by Food Force Farms. As all the coffee episodes are, today I'll be heading back to that list of coffee uh, I guess vocabulary is the word, but uh, we'll just go through a list of different things uh, in the coffee world, terms and what they mean, and uh, a story or two mixed in uh, from my past coffee um, world, I guess, in uh, in working in it, now uh, enjoying it thoroughly through uh, Food Forest Farms Coffee. But first, let's grab that cup of coffee, catch up with what's going on in the live chat, and uh, we'll get to that in just a little bit. Good morning, good morning. How we doing? Back with Butcher Bright and Early Clark. Back again, back again. Good morning, fellow habitual coffee drinkers. Absolutely. Uh, Clark says he's got he's up early, got a ton of work to do. Guys didn't want to work overtime yesterday, so it's up to me. Must be nice, Clark. Must be nice to have that uh, business on your own, you know, running that thing and uh, and having to make up for people that... Don't want to work the OT. Uh, good morning, MFG Rifle, Blakesley, Acres, and Hunter. How we doing? How we doing? Are well, you guys getting fired up for that uh, 45K giveaway on Friday? And um, with good reason. With good reason. It's 45,000 Satoshis, and Bitcoin is now over $34,000, or slightly around. Maybe over, maybe not. I can check the price here in just a second. But uh, yeah, yeah, Bitcoin on a little bit of a run yesterday made a, made my phone buzz all day with um, with price increase alerts, 52-week high alerts, all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah, we're sitting uh, 34 and a half, $34,489. That's uh, not bad, not bad. On its way back to where it should be and where it's eventually going to go. So check that out if you want to get in on that drawing. That's Friday morning. We'll have a hashtag to enter anywhere you're watching on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, or Facebook. And you can ent enter for that. But we need to... Um, we need to... <laughs> uh, we need to get 15 people in on the drawing. And man, if it's scrambling, cheating, it feels so dirty when scrambling just cheats and uh, and and makes the drawing uh, legitimate. And uh, eh, we'll see what happens with that. Clark says he got three inches last night, but he wasn't ready for it of snow. Um <laughs> Um, Hunter's wondering why Bitcoin's going up and why gas is going down because the world's on fire, my man. <laughs> the world's on fire. Uh, I have no idea. Um, I've been really kind of occupied with a bunch of other shit lately. Um, lately being the last week or two. And I haven't really looked at any Bitcoin news. I haven't drove into any... I mean, it, normally political something um economics uh financial news i'm not sure i'm not sure uh war in israel maybe i don't know i don't know uh gas is going down is that uh just coming out of summer blends that um i don't remember when that happens either i always remember uh there being uh, epa standards for summer blends and winter blends for fuel emissions um and i don't know if that switch happens anymore but that used to always change gas prices everybody was like oh the gas is higher because it's summer well yeah it's higher because it's summer and it's higher because uh they had to change the blends flush the lines plug the lines and then uh bring new fuel grade mixes in that could be mandela effect i don't know I don't know. I do. Uh, I do remember that as I um, 
I do remember that as uh, I was a younger lad and working in the gas stations is uh, how that rolled. But I don't know if that's a thing anymore or not. I'm guessing with ethanol and all the EPA standards, it's probably all year round at this point. Says the maybe you just notice is less than three dollars. Clark says for us, gas usually goes down in price midsummer and back up over the winter and up even more during spring seeding. Oh, that's supply and demand, it sounds like there. Guys, um huh, interesting, interesting. Everything's everything's weird in Canada. Everything's weird. Um, anyway, let's see. What's in the cup today? We got Ethiopian. Uh, I think I got today, maybe tomorrow. Yeah, maybe maybe another day after that in uh, in the bag of Ethiopian, and it's it's great. It's great. I can't I can't say enough about uh, Brian's coffee. It's it's phenomenal. Uh, if you haven't ever tried it, you really should. You really should. They are the sponsor of the coffee episodes. They have been a uh, a big supporter of the show from day one. Uh, Brian actually knew me and uh we started collaborating and working together before the lots project was really anything uh it really our first test run was out to out to seattle to uh to hang out at brian's festival on his property got to meet him that was the the maiden voyage of our rig after we we did a bunch of upgrades and retrofits Corey's first trip driving, uh, driving with it, you know, only only a few miles out from Minneapolis to Seattle, over the Rockies, through Montana. It was uh, it was a trip for sure. It was a trip for sure. And uh, and got to meet Brian. And that was, yeah, the the beginning of uh, this whole adventure, really, uh, as at least on the road, at least on the road. Um. Pip says Georgia had the cheapest gas on the SRF travels at two eighty nine a gallon. Hmm. The place down the road here has um, eighty seven and eighty seven clear. So what that would mean eighty seven and eighty seven no ethanol, which is unusual for me in. In Minnesota, the only thing that was allowed to have no ethanol was 91, and that was labeled for small engine, off-road, or collector cars only. It's not what it was always used for, but um, that was the only non-ethanol. And then as we're tra traveling around the country, it's, it's interesting to see the different different states and what's available in those states as far as... Um, as far as ethanol blends and uh, what you can get without ethanol. And if you really overlay the map, it, it really, it, it sits with the corn growers. Weird, weird. The corn growers want them to, uh, to make, make fuel out of the corn and, and require it to be in the fuel. Such an oddity. I would never have guessed that, but. Anyway, on my list here for the coffee chat, Bitcoin over thirty four thousand. I uh, I mentioned that, and I have I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why. I will take it though. Um, I mean, take it or leave it. Really, it's not a matter of uh, I'm waiting for a price to sell it. So it's um, kind of a moot point. Just keep stacking, keep using. Uh, Friday uh, Friday's episode not only is the the fifty the forty five k giveaway, but I also be talking about Bitcoin. And uh, the power of using it. Oh, no. He said, use your Bitcoin. I'm thinking use part of your Bitcoin. And I'll tell you why on Friday. So that is, uh, check that off the list. Yesterday, I got, uh, I have to take a um, morning digger. How we doing? And Pip, I don't think I ever gave you a good morning. Kate Bonk, how we doing today? Thanks for joining. Um had to rent the get the a reserve the rental car for this weekend. Uh, one thing about traveling the way we are in our RV with the truck and the dogs and all of that is now that I am going to range out and start doing some in-person consults, things like that. And we really to do a consult, it really doesn't make sense to move our rig unless we happen to be driving by already. Um, we're set up here. We have a, a really nice spot. It's comfortable. It's, um, not everything we want, but it's enough of what we want to, to secure it through the winter. And as we're sitting here, 
it really doesn't make sense to to hook up and drive drive the trailers everything over to a consult that's like eight and a half hours away that would take us two days probably of moving it would probably take um it would probably take more fuel than the rental car would extra to move um have to have to find spots to stay this and that so it made sense to just pick up a car uh unfortunately in the rural area we are the closest rental car is about an hour away so it's a good ride to get that on um, on Friday morning after the show, and yeah, I got it reserved. Kind of nervous about it because as SRF was approaching, I had some people. I saw some people that uh, flew into Nashville that were renting cars for the weekend for SRF. Nashville being an hour ish away, hour and a half away from Camden, and um, they were landing in Nashville, and their cars weren't there reserved made a reservation i'm gonna have to have this car to uh be mobile and be able to get where i want and go to um oh okay thanks k bonk i will hit that in just a second but um yeah i can't i can't imagine my head exploding uh the fat when i would land if i if i decided now this will be an interesting if i show up and the car isn't there on friday Man, there might not be a show on Sunday or show on Monday. <laughs> Probably be in jail. I don't know. It won't be that big of a deal. I just reschedule. But I can only imagine flying in to someplace, having tickets to go to a festival, having maybe maybe it was a speaker, maybe it was a uh, presenter, maybe it was a vendor, uh, maybe it was just an attendee. But making those plans for a four day trip, whatever. And you show up and your car isn't there. What I mean, how are you supposed to how are you supposed to even prepare for that? Are you supposed to rent cars from two different companies and only uh and only cancel the one when the one's actually there? Kyle says just Uber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Uber. <laughs> I was talking to um I was talking to Norman yesterday when we were working on the roof, and he they were saying that there is a bus shuttle service that comes from this area uh, as we are pretty rural and about two hours from the Memphis airport, about two hours from the Nashville airport. And uh, they want people to be able to, to get out and not uh, leave their, um, leave their uh, vehicles at the airport. There is a $6 shuttle from this area. As long as you schedule two days in advance, six dollar shuttle to the airport and you can get a six dollar shuttle on the way back i'm like that's that's pretty uh phenomenal especially considering the the price for parking at the airport if you're going to leave the car for any length of time six dollars for a two-hour ride uh they've used it herschel used it and he said that um it took about two hours and 45 minutes if he had driven himself it would have been about two hours you have to like wait for the people that are stopped they need to stop and let off or whatever but um Man, I'd definitely give extra 45 minutes to save a couple hundred dollars. Easy. Easy. Uh, Pip says, buy a cheapo Honda when you roll in. Yeah, you could. You could. Uh, good morning, Green uh, Greenberry. How we doing? And K-Bong says it's the, the BlackRock ETF. The BlackRock Bitcoin ETF. Um, ETF. Rumblings and FUD are... Uh, are putting the price up man if fud is going to put the price up put it out there as much as possible uh greenberry says ethanol the ethanol free is killing me gotta love when they change they charge extra for um for better fuel huh <laughs> oh man you got stuff that runs ethanol free only or is that uh, is that by choice to save on the equipment uh what else is on my list here um uh, yeah more roofing yesterday i'm excited i'm learning a lot um i'm re learning a lot about replacing a roof about the process um the guys i'm working with are, are phenomenal as far as um knowledge base and things that they've done and things that they've researched and what they're doing so working with them is absolutely fantastic i um haven't really been 
a part of many roofing jobs uh, at six foot five and uh, not crazy about heights. I've never really volunteered to go do a work uh, roofing job. Uh, this one isn't bad. It's a, it's a one story. It's a it's pretty slow, uh, low pitch uh, because of the lack of snow load and stuff here in Tennessee. So that's not been too bad. I uh, got up on there and it was fine. And it's just the getting up and getting down from the roof, which uh, it's not bad. It's not bad. So doing that, going to go one more day here. And then the rest of the week, I have to prep for leaving Corey on her own, leaving Corey with the dogs to deal with that for a couple of days, which is tough. It's, it's reminding me of the farm where it was really difficult for one of us to leave the farm because we built everything around both of us helping, uh, both of us doing our individual roles, both of us doing um, things together uh, as a team. And when one person is missing or we found out when one person is sick or missing, it uh, it gets tough. It gets tough. So it's very similar to the farm. So we're prepping up for that, uh, making sure everything's done. Everything's done ahead of time. I have a lot of prep to do for next week. Uh, because I will be pretty occupied this weekend. And by the time I get home on Sunday, I'm guessing I'm going to just want to take a nap. So uh, backwards, uh, backwards says pick up a minivan and start a lot of start a lots convoy. Yeah, <laughs> I could just I could just drive people back and forth to the to the airport for um, for a fee. And I will um, I will tell them I said uh, you say hi. So. Um, <laughs> the whole live chat, the live chat's going to be here with you in spirit, um, while I'm gone. So you can, you can funnel their power, but there's not going to be anybody here to hold any dogs. Don't worry. <laughs> you guys are going to be very helpful. She's, she's very thankful that you'll be thinking about her. <laughs> Oh, guys, if you are in the in the chats, uh, whether it's on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, or uh, YouTube, hit those thumbs up. Hit, so, hit those thumbs up here. And uh, we're going to get into the topic of the day. We're just a few minutes late here. Um, but uh, one thing, oh, I wanted to touch this real, touch on this real quick. Corey, Corey dropped this bomb on me before we, uh, before I went on the air this morning. And uh, I got a chuckle about it. She was having a dream last night that... Um, Oh man, we had we had our our uh, old German shepherds were back. Two of them. We had these three dogs. We were in a house, uh, and I was like, "Oh man, we're back in a house, huh?" So many dogs were back in a house. I said, "You sure we're not in a trailer?" She says, "Well, <laughs> close enough. The house had slides, so that's where my wife's at right now. I don't think we're getting back into a house anytime soon. And if we build a structure that doesn't move." I may be engineering how to put slide outs in this thing. So we will see. We will see. Um, <laughs> he says, they're going to be with you in spirit. You just need to start it live when you uh, take the dogs for a walk so they can all see what's going on. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. <laughs> Excuse me. Anyway, let's get to that topic of the day. Before we do, I want to tell you about the sponsor of the day, uh, Food Forest Farms. Food Forest Farms. I, I love Brian's Coffee. His um, his coffee club is phenomenal. If you have never ch ever checked it out, you should do that at Food Forest Farms. But at Food Forest Farms, the extraordinary is the norm. They fuel their mission with a diverse offerings from hand-roasted specialty coffee that'll bring you joy to your mornings to stunning jewelry and metal art pieces that'll add flair to your style. But that's not all. They also provide unique camping experiences through Hip Camp and Airbnb stays perfect for adventure seekers. So whether you're a coffee enthusiast, a fan of unique crafts, or an adventurer at heart, Food Forest Farms has something for special for you. Ready to embark on the extraordinary journey? Head over to foodforestfarms.com to explore more. And don't forget to sign up for their newsletter to stay in the loop about their latest offerings and initiatives. Enjoy that adventure and use LOTS5 for 5% off. And if you're a first-time user and you're listening to the show, throw in LOTS10 and uh, and see what happens for you. I think you'll get an extra 5% off. That's a one-time use and only for audio listeners. So I don't try to put that out in any print. So you got to hear it to use it. 
All right. Check out foodforestfarms.com. And uh, now on with coffee terms. Uh... <laughs> no, no. All right. I, uh, I'm back on to these coffee terms. The last time we hit it, it was uh, two, three, four weeks ago. I, I populated a list of popular coffee terms that um, that may or may not be familiar to you. And I just wanted to, and I was running down through them and kind of giving the definition, talking about them a little bit and, and rolling through the list. I only got partway through the list and it, it went fairly well. So I saved the rest of the list and we're going to go hit it now. And if it goes well again, I can just keep doing this every few weeks on coffee day because it's fun. It's fun to just, uh, to just talk about these. So last time, uh, when I populated these lists, they, they, they spit out in alphabetical order. It, um, and then I made another list. I said, give me a list. It gave me in alphabetical order. And I said, give me another list. It did it again. So, uh, we made it through Q, um, last time on the first list. So I'm going to pick up there with Q and the coffee term that we're going to hit first is Quakers. Quakers. Um, Quakers are unripe coffee beans that don't end up roasting pop properly when you're going to do a batch of roasting, and they really stick out in the in the in the beans. So when you have a consistent roast of beans, and you will be able to pick them out because they roast at a different rate. So all the beans are going to be uniform color. These ones will end up not roasting enough and um, <laughs> not roasting enough. And they will definitely visually stick out. They will also significantly change change the flavor of a coffee. Um, it's kind of like that, uh, that one bad apple ruins the bunch. Uh, but one cool thing about this in thinking about it is silver bullet blend that Brian makes that we came up with for our silver sale um, has this, has this, um, what's the word? It would be comparison. Um, I don't think it's comparison. This, um, yep, I'm lost. I, I can't think of the word I want to use. Um, but the difference between the two beans, he's got a light, uh, very light, light brown, drier, less oily uh, bean on the light end, and then a very dark, rich, super almost going on black bean that's very uh, rich and oily uh, for the two uh, the two beans in the blend. And when um, when it sits together, you can just picture the drastic difference between the two and it sits there you grind it it all ends up looking the same in the grinder but before that whole bean is just uh visually appealing compatible nah, mm, no i'm thinking just the difference um the difference in the two but i'm lost i'm lost in what that is but anyway those um those Quakers will stick out like that in a, in a batch of coffee. There will be a, a significant difference in the two. Uh, let's move on to the next term. We got um, Risretto, Ristretto, R-I-S-T-R-E-T-T-O, Ristretto. It's an espresso shot that's cut short. Um, what this does is it it is more concentrated. So... When an espresso shot gets pulled, uh, you have the water. It's forced through a compacted, tamped down um, pod of coffee, basically. Contrast. That's what it is. Thank you, Hunter. Thank you. Thank you, Hunter. Contrast. <laughs> oh, man. It's a rough one this morning. It's a rough one. Um, but anyway, the espresso shot's going to be uh, a set amount of grounds tamped together, uh, packed down into a little puck. And you're going to get a set amount of water to come through it. So as that water comes through it, just like you're you're filtering anything out, you're going to get the most flavor at the beginning. So it's going to push that that hot water through it. It's going to start extracting um, the coffee flavor from the bean. And as soon as it starts to filter through there, as soon as it starts to extract that, 
every little bit of water that goes through gets a little bit less. It's a little less concentrated. So if you think about it, the first, if you have 10 ounces of water that's going through espresso shot, which is, is absolutely insane. That's not even anywhere close, but just for um, example, if you got 10 ounces of water going through it, the first two ounces are going to be the strongest. The next two ounces are going to be a little less. The next two ounces are going to be a little less all the way to 10 to whereas at 10, you're dripping out, getting that last little bit of flavor out of those grounds to make that perfect shot. It's, it's calibrated to the right amount of coffee and the right amount of water to extract that perfectly. So that, um, <laughs> that works, uh, that works great. Um, Backwood says, I made the list. Why would you say something, put something on the list you can't say? I, I made the list, but I didn't pick the words, dude. Um, I just found vocabulary lists. <laughs> They're Italian words. I'm not Italian. We, we're going to struggle. Don't worry. We're going to struggle. Um, so that's Rissetto. It, um, you cut that water off. So you're, you're getting the more concentrated. It's not diluting it on the back end with still flavored coffee, but less flavored coffee to make the perfect blend in the middle it's going to be only the higher end it's going to be stronger um and probably a little uh deeper flavor espresso shot next on the list kyle i can pronounce this one no problem single origin single origin and uh, that term gets thrown a lot around in coffee uh basically it is what it is it's a uh, single origin it comes from one place now that can be uh, one farm, one region. Um, it really is one of those terms that uh, you got to look in a little further when um, you have to look in a little further to it to, to determine what the single origin is. Um, Hunter says, why isn't the fine, why isn't fine ground the standard if you get the most surface area? Uh, it's all about uh, extraction process, Hunter. Um, so an espresso shot, you're going to do that, tamp down, super fine grind. And as that water is getting pushed through there, it's getting pushed through at pressure and uh, extracting it a lot faster. So you need that higher surface area to extract, um, extract the flavor. As you get higher grounds or uh, higher, higher um, or bigger grounds, uh, you still have that surface area, not quite as much. Like you mentioned, it's not the most surface area, but your brewing methods slow down. Um, drip brew will go through, it will filter through the coffee. It will, it lags in there a little bit. You see like when the coffee maker fills up the, the basket, sometimes it overflows if it's too finely ground. Like try grinding some, uh, put some espresso in your drip brew and it will overflow because the, the water can't dissipate through the coffee uh, fast enough. It absorbs in and then it overflows. Um, so that, um, that is, is why it's not the standard and it kind of is it kind of is in italy like espresso shots are the basis of the base of most of the drinks over there when we did coffee around the world you see that in different places uh it really just goes to the the method of brewing you're using a french press where you're going to use a a very large grind you put the water in and you let it seep for a set amount of time depending on your preference four minutes is the standard uh, but you can do it more or less depending on how you how um, how coarse you're grinding it, how you like your 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 coffee. So you can mess around with those times, and that's going to change the flavors a little bit. So that's what I would say is why it's not a standard. Um, it's all about what flavor you want to come out on the on the end, and um, the method you have to grind it. Are you buying pre ground? Uh, maybe it's already uh, super fine, and you have to use an espresso machine. So. That's what I would say. That's uh, the answer to the, that question. Um, what does that say? A succulent? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure what you're talking about there, K-Bonk. Um, surfactant? 
<laughs> is that a word? Is that a word? I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is a technical word of some sort, or maybe he made it up. Uh, so single origin, like I said, and K-Bonk says, uh, yeah, um, single coffee, sing, coffee, single malt marketing at its best. Yes, yes, for sure. For sure with that single origin. So from the same place, I mean, I really technically couldn't we say that all coffee is single origin because it comes from Earth. Or it comes from uh, between uh, between X and Y um, latitudes. Or uh, yeah, I mean, you can really make it anything you want. So we're gonna move on to the next term is tamping. I mentioned it a lot when I was explaining to um, to Hunter about the the um, Hunter about the uh, espresso. That's what you do in espresso. So tamping is what you do to prepare the, the espresso grounds for extraction. So the process would be with the espresso machine is, um, so I, I have the most experience in espresso in a commercial setting. So at a coffee shop and the way it worked was you, you pre, you ground a shot, you had a big industrial grinder. I uh, ground a shot, it ground uh, the right amount for the shot. You pulled a little lever. You had the had the um, the wand that you would then put into the machine, but you had to fill it with coffee. So you would pull a little lever, the coffee would dump into the cup, which had a filter on the bottom, two little spouts to where the, the liquid came out. And then on the grinder, there was a round puck. Um, the one that we had actually had a stop. So basically the, there was a round puck that fit inside the coffee, um, wand that we were filling with the coffee and then a, a bigger puck on top that would put it at the right depth to compact the coffee to the right pressure. So it was a preset amount of coffee. It was a preset volume. And when we use that tamper and put it all the way up, it would make it compact into a puck at the right density. And so that's what tamping is. It's that pressure you put on the coffee to put it into that puck to make it the right density to pull the perfect shot. So then you would install the wand into the... would. Uh, Put, uh, put the wand into the espresso machine, hit go, and it would force that water through that that tamp down coffee and it would it would pull that shot out. So Backwood says not a fan of pre-ground in the French press. The pre-ground single packs that I uh, that I sent you, they are a little uh, fine for a French press. Um, they would probably work better for you in a drip brew. Just just saying. That's uh, that's what the majority of people have that are getting those um, one-offs, sample packs, and things like that. I do also struggle with the, the single packs in the French press, um, mainly cleaning my screen out. Uh, it doesn't like to press through the screen. That's another thing with the method of brewing in a in a, a French press. The the coarser the grind when you press the when you press the the plunger down and it filters down with that screen, it's easier for the the large ground coffee, the coarser ground coffee, to allow that water and coffee now that's made um, that's seeped in those grounds to push up through that screen and not get clogged by the the finer grinds. That's why. That's why. <laughs> Hunter says just for coffee seems like a lot of engineering just for bean tea, dude. I could pull like I could pull so many shots an hour. It was it was unreal. Once it's set up, once you're set up and you figure it out, uh, it's really smooth. It's not a whole lot of work. Um, it was probably a lot of engineering to start and figure out, but it, it turned out it turned out all right. It's not uh, it's not too bad. Uh. <laughs> K-Box says the press, it's about the press. Um, yeah, well, yeah, no. It's about the screen size on the press, I would guess, uh, what his issues are. The the pre-ground is ground a little light for, um, for a French press. 
I do have to agree with that. So let's see. That was the end of list one. We're on to list uh, the second list. Uh, we'll hit these, kind of filter through them. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll go through them and uh, see how we go. Uh, first one on the list is the AeroPress. I have never used one of these things. I have uh, I have had suggestions. People have said I should try one out. Um, I look at it, and it seems like uh, Hunter said a lot a lot of work a lot of work for what you get. I uh, my French press I know I know inside and out, but the AeroPress right now is a popular brewing device, and it uses air pressure to extract the coffee the flavors from the coffee grounds. Not exactly sure how it works. I've never, I've never had one. I've never actually seen one in perfect person. I have looked at them online and uh, have contemplated purchasing one, but I have a couple other brew methods right now that uh, I still have to get into that uh, I picked up to do some content and uh, it just kind of went to the side and um, they're not going anywhere. So I, I figured at some point here, we will be able to do it. They're, um, I've struggled with one of them and the other one uh, has to be done outside and it really hasn't been the right conditions to do it. So AeroPress might be on the list in the future. We will see. We will see. Uh, maybe I should put up an Amazon wish list and uh, and just put that out there. Put an AeroPress on there. There's some other things that could go on there. No problem. So the AeroPress, <coughs> if you're wondering, that's A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S. Anybody in the live comments have one of these arrow presses or use one? Um, Loco says they're like a fat syringe with a paper filter. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I can't see anything going wrong there. Uh, gonna top up here. Let me see what's next on the list. Wow, I almost spilled that. Right as I uh, right as I started. <laughs> right as. Oh, Jesus. Right as I started pouring, um, I'm guessing that's got to be Norman over, uh, started itching himself. And if uh, he's in the slide when he's, he's scratching himself, uh, everything bounces up and down. So as I'm pouring my coffee, my cup's moving. It could uh, it could have got interesting. Um, K-Bong says it's a mini, si- mini full-size espresso machine. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Loco says he's got a friend with one, but it's very high maintenance for me. That's what it seemed like to me. It seemed like, um, it seemed like a lot of work and it seemed like the person that was telling me that I should look into them was doing so because they felt that a French press was too much work for camping, not too much, uh, more work, I guess, uh, with the cleaning, maybe it was the water, um, the water waste rinsing it out i've gotten really good i I do one little swish of water um and mine kind of comes clean it's a matter of swirling it right in the mug and then shooting it out into the grass i tell you it does isn't that bad uh but yeah i i wasn't a fan when i looked into how to use them and stuff so we'll see we'll see maybe in the future um the bloom bloom is the next term on the list (laughs) <laughs> Kyle says I need to start showing more skin if I'm going to start making a wish list. So I need to wear a lower cut shirt. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that's for only that's for only cam girls. They, they're they the only ones that get to put wish lists up. Uh, next word on the list, we're going to hit B. We're going to talk about bloom. Kyle, um, can you tell the difference between the coffee that you grind freshly in a grinder and put into your French press as opposed to the stuff that's pre-ground and you put in your French press when you pour the water in. Um, or maybe when you first open your pound of coffee versus the last French press out of the pound of coffee. Well, when you pull pour the water in, and this is in any coffee, but it's really noticeable in a French press because you're actually looking in it while you're pouring it. Um, if you don't pay attention, if you have really fresh coffee, when you pour it in, you're going to pour the water in too high and it's going to bubble. It's going to froth up and uh, eventually it's going to keep going and pour out of your French press, making a mess because the foam carries all the the grounds. Um, when it is super, super, um, super fresh, you get a huge, huge billow of uh, foam come when you pour the water in 
the grounds. This is what is the bloom. This is um, this is the the bloom that you get. What it's called the bloom. Basically, what it is is the water hitting the beans and and releasing gas out of the beans. The fresher the bean, the more gas is released. The more foam that bubbles up, the the richer it looks. As the as the the coffee ages, it off gases. That's why if you get uh, fresh coffee, uh, even fresh beans or ground, you're going to see a little valve in the in the bag. Um, I don't have one sitting here with me, but there's a little breather valve, a one-way valve that allows gas to escape. And that is because it will continue to off-gas. If Folgers was fresh and not staled on the floor of a factory after they roast it, those cans that are all sealed with the with the um with the cellophane on top, the or the foil or whatever it is. You never see that, that they're a little bulged up when you open the top uh, because they're airtight. Yeah, if it isn't completely stale, those things would explode because they would continue to off-gas while they're sealed up. And uh, what happens? You're making a bomb, basically. So Folgers will take their coffee and... Um... <sighs> Oh, no. Um, Hunter's saying, wait a second. Hunter drinks Folgers. All right. Here's your lesson. Why you don't have bloom on your coffee. It's stale. It's old. It's roasted. It's laid on the, the floor of a factory and let all the gas off gas. Uh, then it's ground and packaged and sealed airtight for your freshness. <laughs> If it was sealed for your freshness, it would explode. Uh, that's why the bloom isn't there. Um, the bloom does smell fantastic. It um, it basically it's not a head. It's not a head on a on a cup of coffee. It's in the brewing process. But the longer the coffee is uh, removed from roasting, the more off gassing it does naturally. And then when you make it, it doesn't release that gas. And that's where that bloom comes from. So if you ever get a chance to get some super fresh coffee, like right out of the roaster and you, you grind it and brew it, the, the bloom is going to be about as big as it ever is going to be. It's going to be releasing much, much more, um, much more gas. So that is, that is the bloom and the difference. Uh, cupping, cupping would be the next word we're going to hit up. Cupping is the professional tasting method used by coffee experts to assess aroma, flavor, profile of different coffees. I did a lot of this. I'm not very good at it. I can, I have the ability to taste coffee. Uh, I am not a professional coffee taster by any means. Uh, when I was working for Caribou, it was one of the greatest things of the, of the job was getting paid to go to coffee class. Uh, go down to their roasting facilities in downtown Minneapolis and uh, learn about coffee. Well, one of the main ways they they get you to learn about coffee is tasting it and tasting it in all different. Um... Yes, that's why the vents are on the bag. You got it, my man. Um, they they got you to taste the different coffees. And they got you to taste it at different at different um, roast levels: green beans, dark roast, light roast. Uh, cupping is the the process of of doing that, of tasting it. There's a, a standard method. There is standard terminology. You compare likes to likes and differences to differences, is so everybody's on the same page. Uh, the one thing that I really couldn't do is how hot. It's basically they make it and you drink it. Um, from what I recall, this could be wrong. They could have just been uh, messing with us, but uh, I couldn't deal with the hot, hot coffee. I'm a, I'm more of a let it cool down for a few minutes and uh, blow on it a little bit, sip on it. I'm not a big fan of super hot beverages, and it always seemed like they wanted you to just pour that scalding water in your mouth, and it wasn't wasn't really uh, my cup of tea. 
or a cup of coffee, I guess. Um, Ryan might be able to weigh in more and let me know more about cupping. Uh, but it was it's it's basically a um, a tasting method to compare all different coffees and flavors and um, and different beans through through the tasting process. So that is cupping decaf. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. Decaf is short for decaffeinated coffee. Kyle, did you get that one? Just making sure for the kids in the back of the room. Um, <laughs> the what makes uh, the classification of decaf coffee is it's a 97%. 97% is the the amount of caffeine that needs to be removed from beans for it to be considered decaffeinated. So yes, if you are drinking decaffeinated coffee, you are still getting caffeine in that cup. So be careful if you are uh, if you are supposed to be consuming zero caffeine for some reason and uh and you're drinking decaf that might be a problem so decaf that's pretty straightforward extraction extraction is the process of pulling flavor from coffee grounds using hot water so extraction can be everything from a french press where you just let it sit in the water you let the grounds sit in the water and let them uh let them extract the flavor up into a aeropress or a uh Aeropress or espresso machine where it's forcing that water through. And as I explained earlier with the size of the grind, it all depends on how long the water is in contact with the grounds or the flavor. Size of the grounds, less water. Smaller the grounds, less time with the water. Larger the grounds, you need more time in the water. So that is pretty much the correlation. And you... Um, Oh, Kyle's an ice cube in the cup kind of guy. I used to be a, a little a little cool water uh, until I didn't. And then I realized I was diluting my uh, my coffee a little bit and I liked it. Um, I liked it without. So now I just have the patience to wait a little longer. But ice cube cup in the uh, ice cube in the cup guy is uh, is not a horrible thing. Little cold water to uh, to it, to enjoy it a little quicker. Uh, but extraction, extraction is yeah, just the process of making coffee. Making coffee, it's 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 what we do with it. We put water with it, and it makes this wonderful, wonderful drink that comes out. If you guys don't know the next term, and you've listened to this show at all, at all, uh, French press. There you go. Grind it up, coarse grind. Throw it in the bottom. Uh, for a 32 ounce French press, I uh, I recommend 49 grams of beans. You can make it 50 if you want. Um, a lot of people eyeball it. I weigh mine just um, because I get so much variety of beans from Brian, and I really like to stay consistent with tasting them, comparing them, giving him feedback on uh, on things that he makes or specialty blends. I want a baseline. One of the factors that I can control is how much, how many grams of beans I put in. If I give, if I put 49 grams of beans in every day, if I let it sit for four, between four minutes and four minutes and 20 seconds for me to get up and, uh, and press it, um, that's a consistent thing. The only variable there is now the beans that are going in. So I can compare them day to day uh, with the the knowledge that the only difference in taste is going to be the difference in bean. Um, the weight is the same. The amount of water is the same. The uh, amount of time the water has in contact with the be the grounds is the same. And um, yeah. So if you can take these factors out, if you know all the factors that go into how your coffee tastes, and you can make a bunch of them consistent and only change one. That is the best way to really uh, determine what kind of coffee you want. If you're buying the same amount or the same type of coffee beans all the time, you are uh, you're able to adjust that flavor up and down a little bit by adding a little bit more weight or a little bit less weight of beans to your uh, to your brew. 
maybe letting them sit a little longer or a little less. If you're using a French press, uh, we talked about earlier, pulling a, a shorter shot out of an espresso machine makes it stronger, um, things like that. So mm -hmm. let's see. Loco says, um, I've been a bit loco with a butter cube in my 30 ounce tumbler. Yeah, the the uh, butter coffee, the butter bombs is a pretty popular keto thing uh, to get that fat in your diet early. Uh, a lot of people do that to during a fast. I I don't know if it would actually be considered a fast if you're drinking fat, um, but to do that morning meal, a lot of people on keto end up at a, a one meal a day. Uh, to get that fat, to get that energy in that in that morning coffee, you can add. I think it was heavy. It was a heavy whipping cream and um, and butter. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. Never tried it. Never tried it. But it sounds sounds interesting. I like the coffee too much, and I drink my coffee black, and I I like it too much to mess with it very often. So. Yeah. French press. French press is my um, uh, loco says, especially if, if he's having carb cravings. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um, I don't know if I want to mess with my morning cup, though. That's the problem. That is the problem. K-Bonk adds a pad of tallow. Huh. You guys, you guys and your fancy coffee drinks. Uh, so that was French Press. Uh, get one, get one. I recommend this. Uh, what the hell is the the brand on it? It's so it's so generic. There were there's Mueller Mueller stainless steel French press, thirty two ounce, uh, forty nine forty nine grams of coffee per. It's great. It's great. Uh, grinder, grinder is uh it's the tool that you use to grind the coffee. Weird, weird that they named it that. You grind the coffee uh, to your specifications. They come in all sorts of things. They come in automatic. They come in electric. They come in hand grinder. I prefer the hand grinder that I use. It, um, I have to wait for the teapot to, to warm up the water when I'm making my coffee in the morning. If I'm going to stand there and wait for the water to heat up, I might as well get a little bit of fresh coffee. Um, and then when, or fresh grounds, uh, when... We were moving into the camper. I didn't want to use that electricity. It doesn't take much at all. I'm not saying that it takes much at all. But every day, every day, more and more. Um, Loco says hand crank about four minutes. Yeah, I don't even think it takes four minutes for me. I don't really think it. I have never. I didn't time it much. I, I'm not going to lie. I have to sit here and uh, and wait for the coffee pot to heat up. And I have never had the water get to temp before I was done grinding the coffee. So it doesn't really, I haven't really timed it ever, but yeah, hand grind that, uh, the hand grinder that I recommend in, uh, you can go to the website and under recommended products, you can see the, the French press, the hand grinder, all sorts of stuff, but it's adjustable to different, uh, different grinds. So you mess around with it. The first couple times you'll, you'll make a mess with your French press, but once you get that locked in, it, uh, it, it has a set screw and it, it locks in. You'll get a consistent grind every day. Um, as you're grinding it by hand, you're going to get to smell it. You're going to hear those beans popping and cracking and uh, releasing that flavor, getting ready to be able to extract all of that uh, all of that coffee flavor out of it using some of the terms from earlier. And um, yeah, it's just super fresh. If you grind slow, if you turn that handle slow and almost pop the beans, um, and they explode, they fracture more uh, large, large chunks with lots of angles and lots of surface area to, to get all that flavor out. And uh, yeah, you can't beat a fresh ground cup of coffee. So check that out. Uh, whether you do electric, you do uh, hand or anything else, uh, grinder makes a big difference. And then you don't have to, you can buy whole beans. It'll stay fresher longer and it'll taste better when you, when you make it. Um, Let's see. Next on the list is the Hario V60. This is just a uh, a brand of pour over. It's one of the 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 popular brands of pour over coffee. Uh, if you don't know what pour over is, basically uh, it is a funnel, uh, a glass funnel that necks down, and then a carafe on the bottom. It looks like a big coffee carafe, but the the top is a cone 
and it goes down and necks down to a small uh, opening. <laughs> and what you do is you put a cone filter in the top, you put your coffee in the top, and you slowly pour water into the top and let it filter down. You pour over the coffee, you pour water over the coffee and let it filter down by gravity through the filter. Similar to a French press, but no press. Basically, it all drips through, drips into the bottom. You remove the filter and the grounds, and then you pour it out of uh, out of the pour over. Uh, some people use a specialty um, a specialty kettle that's got a long, long, curvy spout that makes pouring it over um, makes pouring it over easier, more consistent. Uh, you're able to kind of um, uh, spread it over over those grounds more consistently, and it, it turns out better. I have tough luck with pour over because I pour too much water in too quickly. It gets too heavy and it'll rip the filter, ruin the pot of coffee. Um, that's why I don't mess around with it too much in the morning. It's more of a, it's a, it's a more involved process. So that's the thing I've found. The more you're involved in the process of making the coffee, the better it kind of tastes, in my opinion. Um, coffee maker, you hit with pre-ground, you hit go and it makes coffee. Um, that's like the, le the least amount of interaction. It makes, it makes decent beverage, but not my favorite, uh, grinding it before putting it in a drip, you a little bit more work, a little bit better. It's a little fresher, uh, French press, uh, with pre-ground. It is what it is. It is what it is. Now you grind, grinding it. You're making the French press, you're plunging it, uh, a little bit more work, a little bit better brew pour over. Hopefully you're grinding it. Then using the pour over, having to pay more attention to how much water you're putting in and uh, and getting that getting that pour over full and uh, successfully making it. And then uh, so there's a little bit more work there. I think it's a little bit better cup. I haven't used the siphon brewer. I do have one here that I, I want to mess around with when the weather is nicer in the mornings. Probably uh, pretty soon here after I get back from consult, it's about the time to take a weekend morning and use that siphon brewer. Uh, open flame. Don't really want to use it for the first time inside. So we'll see. We'll see. But um, um, Loco says glass, metal, ceramic cone, but no more plastic cone. Gotcha. Gotcha. So anyway, guys, we're here at 57 minutes after. I'm going to wrap up. I, uh, I got a big day today. I'm going to mark where I am here and uh, we'll hit this up in another couple, I don't know, months, <laughs> couple weeks. For a coffee episode if there's anything you want to learn about coffee if there's anything that you're curious about you can always let me know i will get it on a list for uh for that coffee topic day and uh and we can go through and make sure we hit everything that anybody is curious about uh i have access to a pretty knowledgeable guy oh actually i got access to two or three super knowledgeable coffee people that i can uh, i can get you some answers if i do not know or cannot find it so Anything you want to know about coffee, let me know. We'll get it on the list. Other than that, it's going to be a, a, going to be a busy day. I'm going to knock that out tomorrow. I'm going to be talking about um, it's a it's a headline that I put uh, I put ADHD and homesteading. It's a term. It's a it's a general description. I'm not saying that this is only going to be people who have diagnosed uh, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Uh, but I think we all, as polymaths, um, get distracted. We have we go through the same motions, maybe not as full blown uh, ADD, but the same tendencies. I think we all have shorter attention spans from uh, from phones and and just the way we're raised at this point. I'm going to give some strategies to help overcome that mentality, overcome the desire to just be all over the place when you get a homestead when you're first on a homestead or if you're already there some strategies to make things go smoother and all line up this came for a conversation i had with a friend of mine that uh that um yeah was going to need some help helping someone else so the topic got uh the topic got put on the list and i'm excited to talk about it so strategies for handling adhd add or uh just um just a polymath type of brain when you're sitting on that homestead with so many possibility things, possible things to do. 
that's tomorrow. Join me, 6 a.m. Central, if you want to participate. Like always, if you want to be in those live comments Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with others. You can find a post about the episode along with links to all my social media services I offer, recommended products, and companies I'm affiliated with at thelopsproject.com. Be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcast 2.0 value for value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Make it a great day, guys. Um, it's hump day. No, it's Tuesday. God, I'm a day ahead. This isn't good. Already day ahead. Uh, check it out. We will be back tomorrow and talking about homesteading and ways to get some stuff done. Make it a great Tuesday, guys, and we'll see you then. I can feel the sound